Should we start? Did yeah, you- go for it. Uh, Michelle, do you have a Halloween costume for this year? No, because Halloween is like Land more ahead. than six months this away. This episode's Michelle, not going to drop for a while. It's never too early to think about it, Michelle. It's probably at some point too early to think about Simon, it. Simon's so, a bit, I can Yeah, tell. well, so let me tell you. Are you familiar with the Apple commercial where the young lady um, you know, is using an iPad all around the city, and then a woman comes out and says, oh, what are you doing on your computer? And then the... the the girl says, what's a computer? Everybody's and familiar with that. Everybody, yes. well, and everybody's pretty angry with this whole situation. But I think, bad ad. Michelle, if you do your hair, it, you, you got to use a lot of gel or a lot of product. You do your hair in a certain swoopy way, put on some glasses. I think, I think you might be able to pull it off. How do you feel about that? I feel decently okay with it. Mm-hmm. But my question is like, will this ad still be relevant in like six months? See, I don't, I don't know if that matters because I think, see, I've, I never have good Halloween costumes. Then it's a conversation topic. You have to explain yourself. But, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's not like, com- it's not the conversation topic Halloween costume where it's like a pun. I hate those ones. Those are ones I don't like. This is a, I think this is a good one. I like this one. Put put it on your list. You carry around an iPad um, with you just like, just like she's carrying around and you just, uh, you just randomly ask people, Hey, what's a computer? What's your, we were talking about a lot of mail about people interested in the garage door. Oh, yeah. But there's another issue that I think came up. Yeah, the the issue that I had with the, the garage door. Michelle, you're going to love this because it's garage door based. Well, here's That's th- my favorite kind of, of topic. Oh, I know. That's, you why, missed that's this why we're when, talking we, about it. We missed you when you weren't here and we just spent time talking about garage doors. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad that I wasn't here for that one. Also, so, irons and door locks. Yes. So I have I have what I would fairly uh, call a, an irrational fear that I'm going to leave my garage door open. So I have a garage door. It's detached from my house, but you know I keep my car in there, keep my bike in there, whatever. And you know I get I, I pull the car out. You and have I, a garage. Yes, and I drive away, and then about a hundred feet away, I'm like, did I close the garage door? Yeah, we covered this. And so yeah, so I'm just covering it. Just just the point that we made the first time we covered mm-hmm. it is that there couldn't be anything more boring to talk about. So you thought, let's bring it up again. Absolutely. Because I'm because I'm going to bring up something interesting. Well, we found that the only thing more boring than talking about it once is talking about it twice. Right. So he had to prove you wrong. Uh, hey, we, we can go three times if we want. Anyway, so I'm. I, I believe we can. Sometimes <laughs> I'll like do a block. I'll see that it's closed, and I'll keep going on with my day. Now there are technological solutions where you can put something, a sensor, in a garage to see that. Oh, it you know is the garage door open or not? So I could check my phone. Yeah. Now, friend of the show, Cur- uh, Pascal's current wife, Jennifer Tallarico, does not <laughs> want me doing that she does not want me putting a set she says i need to deal with my anxiety so the question is because she doesn't have this problem she doesn't she's a normal person she's a normal person and totally totally admit it but when you have a technological solution to these types of problems should i just do it or 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 is that not no that's a crutch it's it's a technical fix but isn't like a technical fix is sort of denigrated because it doesn't solve the problem but what about like your band-aid what about smoke detectors well that's a safety device this is not a safety device. This so is, okay, so mental. we're distinguishing between safety devices and not safety devices. Well, yeah, detection and, and safety and regulation. Sure, I'm, I'm trying to detect if my garage door's open. Yeah, well, I don't even think this is like a borderline. You know, we're going too far. Like you're clearly way across <laughs> the line. But but other people have these things. What's wrong with them? They're just as mental as you. Wow, Ben's taking a stand here. I don't think these are necessary. No, Capitalism. I say we. I say we tune in in like 
five years mm-hmm. and see if Ben owns one of these. That's a <laughs> that's a real good point, Michelle. What do you, what do you guys think out out in the studio? What do we think? As a uh, native New Yorker mm-hmm. who has only lived in apartments, yes, yeah, it's very confusing to me. Okay, I've ha- spent many many a, an hour in the car mm-hmm. driving around with my parents looking for parking spots. Yeah, yeah. Important question. Yeah, can you drive, Ben? Sorry, I have been. I have a driver's license, but I cannot drive. Okay, just I mean, checking. We don't have a lot of drivers on the show. Well, how about this? If there was a gadget that told you if your door was open or not, you know, like they have these things, keypads to open your door, and it'll tell you did is, did you leave the door open. Right. I mean, is that something that I, is? I think the the difference between a lot of these examples is one of is one of them is home based, and humans generally have homes, mm-hmm. and it's not some super degree of privilege to have a garage, but it's definitely a whole other kind of lifestyle that's bigger and larger than probably most people in the world so it's a well most you're luxury people, yes. like i think a, a garage so you're adding on a safety device to check your own neuroses on the point of privilege which is a two-car garage i don't know if you go out in the midwest if you go out in like all, all the not even midwest if you go out to the to the suburbs everybody's got a house on a garage i don't think there's neurotic So this is Various Breads and Butters episode uh, 105, which for the Romans is the resume episode because that's CV for our Roman. I'm going to stop. With, I'm going to stop with the Roman stuff this time. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm uh, Simon Portmanton. To my left is Ben Brickhouse Cohen. Out in the studio, we've got Michelle Hyphen Poulton Simon and Ben Sesame Street Gordon. Um, our very special guest this week. Finally, finally, it's true. It is. Is the mayor of Easton, Pennsylvania, Sal Panto? Sal, how are you doing? Great, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you very much for coming in. This is this is uh, we've done a lot of episodes. I think you're our first politician. We did we had a well second politician. We had Obama in episode eighteen. <laughs> we lost. Wow. We had lost episodes. Mm-hmm. The first forty two. <laughs> yep. So of. no one can prove it. But, oh, okay. You know, but you're our first politician of the new episodes. So we thank we thanks thank for you coming for in. coming in. I appreciate being here. Yeah. Well, there you it's, go. It's, I think, the number one requested guest. Yep. I don't know about that. This is the number one... Longest running. Longest running podcast at Lafayette College. Well, and the thing is that we consider this... the this Easton is the Paris of Northampton County. Mm-hmm. And mm. this is the podcast Paris of the podcast world. I think, that, I think that makes of sense. Of small right. colleges in the eastern half of the... I won't Lehigh disagree Valley. with that, Ben. <laughs> there you go. Sal, you... Are you the mayor. Grew, you are the mayor. You grew up in Easton. Yes, I did. Okay, now where now where did where did you start in Easton? I was born and raised on the south side. Mm-hmm. Became a school teacher. Yes. What, and what did, what did uh, school like? What level? Uh, I taught junior high school and then what was called the intermediate level. Okay. They, now, did you did you specify a particular subject or did you do everything? No, I taught. Um, I majored in social sciences. Okay. I taught world cultures for most of my career, and I also taught physical science. I was a science minor. Oh, nice. Wow. Where did you go to school? I went to Kutztown undergraduate, and I went to a little school in South Bethlehem for my master's degree. Yeah, don't say it. Very not, small school. Not on, this, not on this show. Well, I don't know how their podcast is doing. Yeah, exactly. Have they had you on their no, podcast? No, no. I don't, I don't. I bleed maroon and white. Oh, no, good. Good. <laughs> I don't even know if Kutztown has a podcast. I don't know if Lehigh has a podcast. I don't think they do. Oh, man. That's how we maintain our status. They really The they number really one college-based uh, podcast in the Lehigh Valley. So you, so you were a school teacher, and then... Now, this is not your first time being mayor. No, I was mayor from 1984 to 1992. Mm-hmm. And how, was, uh, how did you like that? 
I enjoy being mayor. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I never thought I was leaving teaching. My career path was to be a super uh, a principal of a school and then sure. ultimately the superintendent. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my master's degree was in educational administration, and that's where I was headed. Yeah. And then um, the mayor before me, and from eighty to eighty four, who was also a young person at the time when he was elected, he was elected at thirty five. I was elected at thirty one. Wow. The uh, we Easton was going through a phase where we were constantly knocking buildings down, mm -hmm. mass demolition. I'm not against pragmatic demolition, but but wholesale demolition of uh, demolition of, of blocks and blocks yeah. is is was not helping our downtown. Mm -hmm. um, we we displaced about 3,500 population. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going nowhere but down. Yeah, and no one was rebuilding. Mm -hmm. Not see, I have no problem with demolition if something else is going to be built in its place. Mm -hmm. But these were developers who were not even. I mean, they became surface parking lots. So he was a preservationist, and I too was a member of Historic Easton at the time. And my dad and I owned a uh, a meat market grocery store up here on College Hill where Giacomo's is today. It's right near your garage. Yes. <laughs> well, but I was a historic preservationist mm -hmm. as well. And I, I'm, I'm much more pragmatic than the former mayor. He's a very purist. Yeah. Uh, we're on the opposite side of another issue really close to home here right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't want the college to expand, and I do. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't running. And the people who were running were urban renewal people again. Okay. Uh, and people kept asking me to run, to run, to run. I was very active in the community in many, many organizations. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I won. Yeah. <laughs> and I left teaching, and I really was upset about that. I love teaching. Sure. I would love to go back to teaching, but I was, I was after two terms, I was put on a voter-mandated vacation. Mm -hmm. In other words, I, <laughs> lost, I lost my third <laughs> term. And I didn't go back to teaching. Um, no one wanted to hire somebody that's on the 12th step yeah. when they can hire somebody right out of college. Sure. And I went into the private sector. I held three senior-level manager's positions. I was um, chief administrative officer for the Shrin Companies. Mm -hmm. I was the senior vice president of coordinated health, mm -hmm. and I was the chief executive officer of Strausser Enterprises. Mm -hmm. Then in 2007, city was slipping again, wasn't really doing much, and people kept saying, you got to run, you got to run. My wife was on city council at the time, and as I would travel around the city, I would see the neighborhoods deteriorating. Yeah. So even though I get blamed for concentrating too much on the downtown, my real reason for running, my absolute, truly real reason for running was to help the neighborhoods. Yeah. But unfortunately, you have to have a good heart before you can help the, the, the rest of your body. And mm -hmm. that was a case where we needed a good downtown sure. that would be viable in business and produce revenues that could help us sustain the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done. And um, so, that you know, people in Easton primarily are, are, are blue collar, not real wealthy. And many of them, uh, almost 35 percent are, are under the poverty level. Mm -hmm. So raising taxes was not a good idea. Yeah. So we came in with a really strong financial base that I really learned from the private sector. Mm -hmm. And um, well, I can I can tell you. So you, you mentioned 2007. I got here to Easton around 2006, 2007. And I would say the downtown was not a hugely attractive place to go to. There wasn't yeah, that much that to lot. do. Yeah, but but you look ten years, you know, eleven years later, and it it feels like it's completely transformed. There's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of things to do down there, and even even the um, some of the new faculty that come in, they've never they, they've never known it otherwise, right. and so for them, it's just yeah, it's a cool place to be. It is. It's very vibrant. Yeah. And, and, and that's now helped us move out to the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. We've actually expanded into the neighborhoods with some of our good programming. As a matter of fact, the ambassador program, which Lafayette College actually funded mm -hmm. uh, the first three years, they gave us $300,000 to do that. Since you're a mayor, you must know and talk to lots of other mayors. Of sure, I absolutely do. 
Is steal it, all their ideas. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a tier level, like uh, comparable population sizes? Like, is there the Eastern size mayor realm? And then there's, I mean, which I assume would be different than like de Blasio, or you're talking about well, huge cities. Yeah, de, well, de Blasio becomes a country of his own. But, you know, when you look at even, even a city like Philadelphia, I just was with, um, we had the U.S. Conference of Mayors last week in Washington. And that's where all the, you know, the Garcetti's from Los Angeles, and they're all yeah. there. And and Kenny was there, and we were talking to him. And matter of fact, he was here a couple, about a month and a half ago at, the, at a Lafayette basketball game because mm-hmm. his lady friend's daughter plays for Lafayette. No, oh, okay. Oh, she was a leopard. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was here, and um, we were talking. And, um, this is the mayor of Philly. Yeah, the mayor of Philadelphia. And, and the thing of it is, he, he has a lot more zeros after his population, but the, pr- the problems are the same. Okay. It's just at a different level. Yeah. But he also has a lot more money, figuratively speaking, on a percentage basis. Yeah. So our problems are really the same. Is, is Easton, uh, I guess this is a two-part question. Has Easton's political dynamism, like the pl- people being politically active, is that on par with other similar-sized cities? Has it changed? Is it more active now, less active? Like how often people get involved in issues? No, our, our population is lethargic. Mm-hmm. Um, you take, uh, Easton, is that common or is that unusual? No, it's unusual. We, we were very politically active. I mean, we don't even get people coming to our city council meetings anymore. I would much rather hear the opposing side so I can make a decision, well, am I right or wrong, and hear from the public rather than just... Well, they got the comment section on Lehigh Valley Live. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I understand. I understand. Well, you know, but the point is, the, the I think the country as a whole was very lethargic. Now, they all came out for Obama as a first term, and then they all came out this time for Trump. Yeah. Uh, when I won my election in, uh, let's see, in the one in 2011, I had opposition. I did not, I was very fortunate. I didn't have opposition in 15. But in 2011, when the reporter asked me afterwards, they said, wow, well, you, you know, you just won your, your second term. What do you think? I said, you know, I think this, the student who won, student government president Easton High School got more votes than I did <laughs> when they ran into high school because everybody votes in a high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the mayoral elections go like with presidential elections? No, we're in no. the off years. We're, in the we're, off years. We'll be okay. running again in 2019. Okay, now can we get you to say, will you be running again? Oh, are you trying to do news? I know, I'm, try, I'm trying to get a scoop. <laughs> I'm trying to get... A scoop? Well, I, I could tell you, you this. Get fake scoops. This would yeah. be real. This, be this real. would be real. Um, I, if, if all things considered today, I am running. Okay. I'd like to get one more term, uh, and that will be announced as my last term. Oh, okay. C- can, hopefully my health and everything is still good, and I will I run. So too. Um, we have a lot of projects in Easton who don't come back on the tax rolls till 2023. They're not benefiting Sal Panto yeah. and his administration. Yeah. You take the Silk Mill, which is a $100 million project with, I don't know, 38 different businesses and 135 apartments. Mm-hmm. Those people that live there aren't paying local income tax or state income tax. That was an incentive. The developer's not paying real estate taxes until 2023. Oh, wow. Can I, a nice uh, step. Can I ask a side question about that? Have either of you had the avocado toast at the new coffee place at the Silk Mill? Tucker Cafe. Yeah, yeah I have. I have, have not. I've not had that. It's delicious. The co- their coffee's delicious. When I was at the new cafe, Tucker, which I enjoyed, I did not get the avocado toast. Okay. How does a city like Easton imagine? Because my my immediate view was, oh, they're gonna they're doing Brooklyn here, mm-hmm. and so this is a very Brooklyn-y feeling thing. Does it? Do you set up the Brooklyn Feely Avocado Toast Coffee Shop first, and then hope that the people come to it, or do you feel like Easton's got enough of that Brooklyn hipster thing to uh, make it plausible to have avocado toast? 
Many of the traditionalists can't understand why these companies are opening up. But if you ask Tucker or you ask Playa Bowls downtown, Mm -hmm. Playa Bowls is just filled with high school and college students. Mm -hmm. Um, Tucker is the same way. And people who are moving here from the the east are Mm -hmm. moving west. And um, we need to be able to provide them with the type of food and, and services they want. Otherwise, they're going to pass us by. I mean, you know, you look at Easton's success over the last 10 years has been unbelievable. There is a location advantage to Easton in the sense that we are the furthest east you can go in Pennsylvania, like on, you know, it, at, at our level. Well, we're well named. before. Yeah, exactly. We're very well named before you get into New Jersey. And so if there's something that if you don't want to live in New Jersey because you don't like the taxes, you don't like what, if you just go across the Delaware, you're in Easton. And at downtown Easton has... A great nighttime economy and zero daytime economy. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to bring more workers downtown. Sure. We're trying to convince people who want to create apartments to do first class A office space because we don't have class A office space. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of money to cr- take a, a class B office to make it class A. Um, we're looking for more cl- people to build class A offices in downtown because we need a daytime economy. We need an economy during the day where people go out to lunch. They, they stop at a store, buy something on their way. They, I don't care if it's just a greeting card, but you need a downtown economy. Bethlehem and Allentown have that. We don't, okay. and we need that. Now, obviously, you, you, you love East and you love the Lehigh Valley. If you had to live somewhere other than the Lehigh Valley, where, where would you live? Yeah, uh, I always— Anywhere in the world. Oh, anywhere on the anywhere world. In the well, world. I have to tell you, I love Sicily. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who came over here, was born in Sicily, came over here, did well as an insurance agent, and he um, raised his family here and ultimately, unfortunately, got divorced. Mm-hmm. So when he retired, he went back to Sicily. Oh, okay. Well, you got your pension check and your Social Security check on in your bank account. He's a very wealthy man That's over there. Not bad. But, not um, bad. you know, I, I think, you know, I love culture. Yeah. Uh, just came back from Europe doing a... Um, a river cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been over to um, Israel. Mm-hmm. I've been to Switzerland. I, I, I've been to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm a social studies teacher. Yeah. I love cultures. So it would be a very difficult thing for me to pick a, an individual place. But in the United States, I, I'd have to say it would probably be New England. Oh, okay. I do like New England. Okay. Vermont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not a snowbird. Now, now, would would you like would if when you decide to finally retire, mm-hmm. would you, that would you consider moving away, or would you do you do you feel no, like you're going to stay? I here? would. I will be here. Okay. I, I I don't. I understand that people love to get away. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find a lot of them are starting to come back. Yeah. After they're away for about ten years, they miss their family and their friends. Sure, sure, sure. And when you're retired, you have time to spend with your family and friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't see myself or my wife and I. We don't see ourselves moving. Now, now, but but thinking in the future, I have I have another question. So it's kind of a two part question, and maybe it's kind of weird. But the first part is it's it's twenty years from now. You're still healthy. Everything's great. You look at Easton. What? How do you know that you've accomplished your goals? What does Easton look like? Well, and, that's and a question we're, 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 I was asked a little while ago, and it's, it's one part. They asked me, "What do you want my legacy to be?" And number one, sure. I don't want a legacy. <laughs> what I want when I leave office is for the people of Easton to be proud of the city they live in. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been there in a long time. Sure. People have been, Eastonians are very downtrodden, <laughs> negative people. And it's, I see the, the, the enthusiasm coming back. Sure. And people say, I live in Easton. Mm-hmm. They don't say they live in Lehigh Valley. They say, I live in Easton. Well, and, you see, and that's yeah. important. I mean, that, I mean, you see the they're selling the 18042 like, mm-hmm. t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, yeah. Uh, at um, Mercantile Home. Mercantile, yeah. Mercantile Home. Mercantile Home, downtown. Yeah. Great. Uh, 
Sponsor of the show? <laughs> sure. Friend of, no, not a sponsor, but <laughs> sure they could sponsor. be. Sure, sure sponsor. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, uh, ben and Michelle, uh, so since we have three different perspectives here, you're a lifelong Estonian. Um, Simon and I are, uh, well, you're, what, 12 to 13 years? I've been yeah. here six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle and Ben, our able uh, producer and intern, have been on campus for over three years. Yeah. Michelle, Ben, I'm wondering, how do you see the town... Do you do people know where Easton is? Do you talk about Easton, or do you just talk about the college? I mean, I think I talk about Easton because I have to like tell people where, like, where I go to school mm-hmm. and what's around, and like what I do. Plus, like, working at the Williams Center, a lot of the work that I do involves trying to convince people in Easton and in the Lehigh Valley to come to the shows that we do. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's a solid amount of my interaction. But I mean. Well, so when you're you have the near term view, has anything changed in three almost three years, or does it feel like it's it's a stable same place? I mean, I think it's hard to tell how much is things changing and how much is me becoming more like aware of the community that I live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think as a college student, like the first year, I don't think I left. I think I left campus like a handful of times, um, and that increases the longer that I'm like the amount I want to leave campus or the amount I like want to explore the community increases the amount of time I spend here. And and we've actually heard this. And, and I think, I think um, there's something about, it's not just that Ben and Michelle have been here for a short amount of time relative to the rest of us, but it would be interesting to hear what students at different points had to say, because my sense is that 20 years ago, students probably didn't do a lot of going down downtown Easton. And that wasn't that much of an, I could tell you that, Prior to President Rothkopf, the freshman um, booklets. What, what years were those? Uh, I would when I was mayor from eighty four to okay. ninety two, mm-hmm. and maybe even into ninety four ninety five. Mm-hmm. The the freshman handbook said, "Do not leave campus. Do not wow. go downtown." Wow. Um, it was you know, and then Art Rothkopf came in, and the mayor at the time was Mayor Tom Goldsmith, who was a Lafayette alum. Mm-hmm. And um, Art, being involved in government prior to coming to the college and being obviously the person that he was and his wife, they're great people. Mm -hmm. I only knew him as a customer of my store. (laughs) I didn't really know him as the mayor. He knew I was the mayor, but uh, his wife, they were great people and they were really involved in the city. Mm -hmm. And they started to get involved with the college in the city. And the town-gown relationship then started to get better. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Dan Weiss came and it got even better. Mm-hmm. And with Allison Byerly, I, I always say it's it's like on Dan Weiss on steroids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The, the relationship is really positive, um, and that's why this whole expansion issue hurts so badly. Because mm-hmm. I thought we were, I thought we were turning the tide, mm-hmm. and it just seems like you know, for a small group of people, we're going to just hear it over and over again. Mm-hmm. You talk about the city twenty years from now. Yeah, that needs a viable college. Colleges, like everything else, have to stay fluid and stay sure. current. Um, you know, I, I give the example of when I went to school, my, I lived three years because I was a resident assistant my junior year in a one-room dormitory. Mm-hmm. You had one room. Yeah. And, you know, you, you didn't have private showers. You didn't have anything. I mean, you had one room. Yeah. And it was a cinder block room. It's not what the students want today. Yeah. Um, the students want something where they can live together, but also have their private space, have some common areas that they live in within their own apartment. And um, 
I think that's important for the college to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. I'll risk asking a political question to our to Ben and Michelle. Please. Do you two have an opinion, or do you do students talk about uh, the expansion plan? Yeah, I don't ask it to put you on the spot. You don't have to have like a policy position. I just wonder what the chatter is. I mean, I I would say sort of on the same topic of going into Easton. I, for us to go into Easton is really is nice. Um, I've definitely enjoyed that part, especially it's nice to get off campus and not have to worry. I I mean, I didn't realize that 20 years ago it was that different. Hmm. I mean, I think some of us, like for me, I do not like the expansion. And when we've talked to in class, not in the sense that we shouldn't be in Easton, but the sense that the college has a lot of problems that expansion doesn't necessarily solve. So I think it's a it's a it's a slightly yeah. different conversation. So like academically, yeah, yeah. Academically. So it has has nothing to do with building like dorms and stuff like that. It's the decision to grow, not how we now, not how we grow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and maybe that the al- the allocation of resources. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a little bit is how the college grows, and I think that kind of thing is more just like some of the the dorm uh, dorm changes and the way that it doesn't always feel like there is enough space for the new students Mm -hmm. more than like the actual, I think like expansion itself. Sure. Yeah. Wait, Uh, can I ask the second part to my question? Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird one though, but okay. So 20 years from now, you're, you're looking at Easton and what tells you, what does Easton look like if you have not succeeded in what you want to do? So what does Easton? Yeah. So, so, so describe Easton where it's just like, man, I really didn't, it just, it, it didn't get going. Not necessarily because it's your fault, but just, mm-hmm. just the entire, sure, the entire project. I've never thought about that because I don't like, I'm a, no, I'm I'm a half full guy, not a half yeah, empty. Yeah, yeah. But my problem is with that question is that then I would have failed. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to do is I want to create a city that is viable and vibrant, not just for my term. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, if we had listeners as far away as the Netherlands. Hi, Peter. Hey, Peter. Or Australia. Hey, Shosh. Um, what are some big advertising points that you would sell Easton on to uh, people who are not from here and don't know where it is? Like, what's what's some of the fun, cool stuff? That's part of the things we're going through right now with our new marketing campaign and and trying to come up with the new what 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 what, what do we want to be and what are we? So, is there any good trivia? You like uh, I don't to know. Give an example. Like Larry Holmes trivia. Larry Holmes trivia. Easton Assassin. Yeah, Easton I don't assassin. agree with the nickname. Of Easton assassin. Yeah, I think there could have yeah. been something better, but that's not up to me. Because is he assassinating Easton, or is he, is he an assassin? He's not assassinating anybody. I, I hope. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Hey, Larry. Um, um, former heavyweight champion, Easton resident, seven and a half years. Correct. Correct. I saw <laughs> I saw him at uh, the Zoop in Nazareth, but I didn't go up to him. Should I have gone up to him? Absolutely. He's very approachable. Okay, I'm going to go up. He's to him. very approachable. When Larry became champion, the positive outlook on the resins came up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things Larry does very well when he speaks to young people, when I was a teacher, I had him in school every year doing an assembly. And he always told them, don't do what I do. Stay in school. Yeah, It's much easier. And he much really- much punching do- involved. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Not okay. getting hit. It doesn't hurt yeah. as much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's That's hope. Cool. But I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, Bobby Weaver came from Easton. He was a gold medal Olympian in wrestling. Um, you know, you look at all the people in our past. You look at Lafayette College, who was at one point the national champion football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yep. invented the huddle. They invented the the, the uh, helmet. Um, They're better than Lehigh. Mm-hmm. 
Who? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a lot of things that Easton can be proud of. Crayola crayons. You know, I tell people, you know, Crayola makes um, 3 billion crayons a year and 1 billion of them is made by solar energy. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What they've done down to the Crayola experience, you know, we now have 450,000 people coming to Easton every year for Crayola. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're the most colorful city in the, in the, in the world. <laughs> there you, know? you go. And so they're still only made in Easton and only in Easton. We're Forks Township now, but yeah. they're only made here. They're not made. They're distributed in many places all over the world, but they're yeah. only made here. And you can still go and see a real live show at the State Theater. Mm-hmm. Simon wants to ask with that if they have a lot of musicians there. Do they have a lot of musical acts come through? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Because we're, we we're working on our segues. Oh. If you talk about musical acts, then that would say, oh, Ben, weren't you going to ask a ben question? Ben does have a musical question for you. So oh. we always ask oh, this question. Oh, speaking of music. Yes. The, Say it that way. Speaking of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess this edit, music did come up. He'll edit this out. Um, so speaking of music, you <laughs> have some musical questions to ask. Oh, I do. Oh, go ahead. Um, so this is the act break, the next section. Yeah. Uh, we did. I want to ask you a question. Um, what was your favorite music or band or singer at age 10? How did that change when you were age 20? And did it evolve and change when you were age 30? We can start with the first. Do you remember... The favorite music of age ten. Well, I would. It was, it was the '60s, and I love the '60s music. Whether it was Motown or, or then when the British invasion came a little later, when I was maybe 14, 13. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I love music. Now, I will tell you. I will preface all that by saying that I also love opera. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love classical. Uh, Did I played you in the school music. Uh, well, when I was age ten, I was still taking clarinet lessons. Ooh. And I was playing in the, what was the Eastern Area Community Center's former name, St. Anthony's Youth Center Youth Band. Okay. And so I did a lot of marches, and I love marches. And my dad, is a he loves marches. Mm-hmm. So I love marches. But I will tell you that, yes, Motown, and that was probably- Was there a prevalent. favorite among them? The Four Tops. Yeah. Not The, the Temptations right. I like, but the Four Tops I really liked. Okay. How about age 20? Age 20. So you're probably in college. I was. And Kutztown is a pretty musical college. Yes. It was a time of uh, great musical change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had Yes. and, and But I, I, I would have to say with all the bands, Grand Funk Railroad and all the wacky ones that were out there, Chicago was still my favorite. Oh. And it's still one of my favorite bands today. Chicago, hey, Chicago's great. I'm a horn guy. I love the horn yeah. section. Have you That's... seen the documentary? There's one on Netflix of Chicago. I haven't. I got to watch oh, that. I didn't see that I one. watched yeah. like maybe the first 10 minutes yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I did see it. I did see that yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Don't tell me how it ends. Yeah. I won't. Yeah. Pizza I... Terra, you know he did leave the group. Right? I know. I, I was saying. He won't shut up about Pizza Terra. He, yeah. He was, he was one of my first like musical, like, Things that I that, that I listen. The to problem with I, musical groups like that depend on a Peter Cetera type of voice. That yeah. when they leave, you notice it exactly. That you can't replace it. Mm-hmm. So would you say between twenty and thirty is that was that the rise of your opera interest or what? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't. I don't. Let me give you the answer. Yeah. What at age thirty? Uh, how did it changed? At age thirty, I was. Um, you were almost mayor. I was almost mayor, mm-hmm. and I was still looking at groups that were top forty. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at opera. I, I hosted a um, Italian radio show for five and a half years no on local way. AM stations. Very good radio voice, and, and that's I, yeah. yeah. I have a face for radio, <laughs> and um, they and I did a lot about opera, and I sponsored two operas down at the State Theater. And what I would do is in the weeks leading up to it, I would go over the arias and tell people what it meant and what mm. they were doing, mm-hmm. so that when they got there, they had some idea that's what the great. aria that's was about. That'll be helpful for but, me. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it. I, I mean, you know. I, I have not gotten to see Andrea Bocelli, and mm-hmm. I never did get to see Luciano Pavarotti, mm-hmm. but I do want to see see Andrea. Huh. Um, it's just something I like. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, um, uh, we have a quiz to offer too. Are you Ooh, ready to do that? I am ready for a quiz. Are you ready for a quiz? Sure. Okay. Um, Are you everybody outside ready for a quiz? We're ready for oh, a quiz. Ready for we're a here. Quiz. Okay. We exist. Okay. Okay. So, what is the quiz about? <laughs> There's a quiz. There's a quiz. It's a quiz about Easton. Oh. Well, now it's about non-Pennsylvanian Eastons. Non-Pennsylvanian. So these Easton. are all questions about things about Eastons that are not in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh okay. Here we go. And the premises are these real or not? So it's like a yes/no answer. Is it mm-hmm. a real thing or it's not a real thing? Okay. Usually, we'll do a mic check question. So the first one is just a, a giveaway. Okay. And although usually the answer is always yes to the first one, this this time I think you'll find that you'll be able to answer not. it that it's not. Okay. But good. we'll all know the answer. I still feel like okay. So just to check how it works, you can be the last one to answer. I should yeah. also say that usually the guest has the advantage mm-hmm. on these quizzes, but that's kind of breaking down over time. Nobody has the advantage because usually they're not very well constructed. Quizzes. No, they're terrible quizzes. This is not a good <laughs> exercise. <laughs> but so so I'll I'll answer first. Oh, you're really setting me up. I'm really thinking this is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. All right, first first uh, question. Uh, Larry Holmes is from Easton, Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to say false on that That's one. why what they call we, him the Easton Assassin. What do we think Former in the studio? Former heavyweight champ. What do we think in the studio? False. False. Ben, false. you want to answer? False. False. So, false. Okay. That is wrong. Okay. okay. So we're all, the so mics that's, work. That's all I got to do. Check. Got it. Okay. That's Easy. Not, that's not a real thing. Yeah, yeah. We know. We know. Uh, how about, uh, is Frederick Douglass from Easton, Maryland? Frederick Douglass. Easton, Maryland. I feel like he's from Maryland. You do? And why not Easton? Did you have to do that in the citizenship test? I'm going to say, I didn't, I didn't have to do that. No. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. He is from Easton, Maryland. What do we think out there? I'm going to go no. Ben? Mm, no. Is that because you know or you're just guessing? Mm, guess. Okay. Sal, what do you think? I think he is. He is. Yes. Yeah. Look at Sal, Sal. Two for two. Nice. Well done, Sal. All right. Good job. Also me. Well, I don't care about you. Okay. Frederick Douglass is from Easton, Maryland, okay. which is on the eastern shore. Yes, it is. Hmm. Uh, thirdly. And also the home of Easton Bats, not oh, Easton, Pennsylvania. Oh, there you go. I hope that wasn't one of your questions. <laughs> That's one of the later questions. Okay, good. Kristen Stewart is from Easton, Illinois. Kristen Stewart. Now, she was in those vampire movies? And a lot of others. Also werewolves. I'm going to have been on a whole Kristen Stewart kick. Okay. Um, Chris, the actress, Kristen Stewart, from I'm, Easton, Illinois. Can I answer indifferent? How long have you been playing this quiz? Uh, this I'm is episode say, CV, I'm gonna say the resume no, episode. I'm going to say no, that she is not from there. 105 quizzes. And you she's not know. from there. What do we think out there? They're Googling it. No. Yeah, right? We we have a pretty solid like holding ourselves to the no Googling to rule. No Googling. Oh, yeah. good. Until, until right good. after. They know we can't tell because yeah. this monitor doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, day, the days of us cheating are going to soon be done when exactly. we add a video camera. Exactly. <laughs> What do you think, Ben? If we do Google, I think I mean at least when I've Googled in the past, I've said. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's true. No, do you think do you think Kristen Stewart's from Easton? You're good students. Um, I would say yes. Hmm. Sal, what do you think? I'm gonna say yes. It's no. It's no. Oh, wow. She's not from Easton, Illinois. Three for three. But oh. there is an Easton, Illinois. She's from LA. All right. Next one. Easton, Indiana, is the surprising home to a series of mid-century architectural gems from the likes of architects I.M. Pei. Eero Saarinen and others. Easton, uh, Indiana. Easton, Indiana. I don't even know if it's there's an the Easton, Indiana. the home of a surprising architectural gems. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's the biggest ball Coming of twine of in Minnesota. Strong. I'll go yes. Ooh, Ben? I'm going to say that's way too specific. That is way too specific. So no. What do you think, Why so? wouldn't you say I'd no? I'd say no. 
Yeah. Well, it's no, but why wouldn't you say way too specific? There's so no Eastern yes. Indiana, is there? There's no Eastern Indiana. Uh, I yeah. saw, see, this is, I think, I saw Sal counting, like, wait a second, what's <laughs> there's no, And so I didn't think there was an Eastern Indiana. He's in the Eastern Club. Yeah. But uh, So what you're there, saying is that uh, in this case, the video camera would have actually it helped would have us. It would have really helped. <laughs> you saw the mayor hey, trying to figure out if there was an Eastern By the way, there is a Columbus, Indiana, which is home to a series of remarkable architectural gems, which you would know if other people might know. I didn't know until I recently saw the great movie Columbus. Which was about Columbus, Indiana. Okay, it's a regular movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, did not have Kristen Stewart in it. Got it. Got it. Uh, Helen Keller, yes. noted deaf author and advocate, is from Easton, Connecticut. Oh, I, I I think New England sounds about right. And there is an Easton, Connecticut. And there is an Easton, Connecticut. No, I don't think that's where she's from. What do you think, Michelle and Ben? Oh, it's a thinker. It's a thinker. Um, I'll go yes. Why not? Okay, Ben. Mm. I don't really like Connecticut. Okay, good. Oh, coming against Connecticut. Wow. Coming in hot. The mayor is not endorsing that position. No, he he's not. No, anti- not at all. No, no, There's no. too many There's students no. here from, La- from exactly. Lafayette from Connecticut. Yes. Uh, what do you think? I'd say no. It's yes, she is. Oh, yes. wow. I didn't know that she was from Connecticut. Wow. Yeah. From Eastern Connecticut. Eastern Connecticut. I didn't actually know there was an Eastern okay, Connecticut. Okay, so we've gone through Eastern. Sometimes P- Wikipedia is my We've friend. got Eastern Pennsylvania. We've got Eastern Maryland. We've got Eastern Illinois. Eastern Connecticut. Oh, wait. Eastern Kentucky you mentioned. There was no Eastern Kentucky. No, no, I made that. Oh, up. wow. That's a lot of made up. Wow. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Now, so it, you didn't give it away with the Eastern Sports Good uh, comment, but mm-hmm. since this is, is this true about Eastons that are not in Pennsylvania? Yes. The Eastern Sports Good Company, which I can say, before I moved here, I didn't know where Easton was, and the only association I had was my aluminum bat with from Little League. Uh-huh. That Have they made the arrows that have been used to win every Olympic Games title in archery since 1972? Easton Sports... I thought I'd throw in an Olympic theme one because uh, the Olympics are up. upon us. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not archery. No. <laughs> the broad portfolio. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. are they going to have winter archery? Yeah, I know. Hey, don't they have that biathlete? Is that... And isn't there that thing about... Don't they um, have to do where they ski and then they shoot arrows? They don't shoot arrows. They shoot bullets. Oh, they shoot guns. Rifles. But okay. also there's that there's that uh, thing about the perfect crime is shooting an ice arrow <laughs> yeah, into someone. That is melts. your favorite fact. It's a great it's a great crime. Don't be advocating if one perfect crimes. were to do a crime. We, we need to stay away um, from the advocating crime. I'm going to say that, sure, Easton makes arrows, and they've made them since 1972. But all the ones that are used in the Olympic victory? Well, wait, for the for Team USA? Yeah. But not other teams. I don't know who's buying It's probably global. I, I'm going to say no. That's too many arrows. What do we think out there? Too many arrows. Too many arrows. Okay, you're saying no, Michelle? Um, Sure, I'll join them in the Too Many Arrows Too many club. Arrows. What do you think, Sal? I'm going to say yes. Mm. Sal is right. He is yeah. right. Listen to the elected official. That is correct. They're, they're, hey, they, I they, didn't they even know they make... made arrows. I thought they just made aluminum bats. No, no, they, I, knew, I knew they're they're pretty widespread. Yeah. They make aluminum arrows. They but make... at least for six now, years now, I know that they're not in eastern Pennsylvania. When right. they make a bat and it doesn't go so well, they just make it into an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. All right. Here's another Olympic-based question. Okay. Uh, Bodie Miller, who is a Olympic gold medal skier, mm-hmm. is from Easton, New Hampshire. Easton. That is the that is the fifth Easton, if indeed it exists. The mayor is not trying to figure out whether Easton, New Hampshire exists, although he may just know right off the top of his head. I'm going to say correct. That is correct. What do you think out there, Ben, Michelle? Sure. Okay, Ben. I'm going to say yes. I'm also going to oh. use this moment to sure. uh, thank our mayor mm-hmm. for not being caught up in uh, 
fraud, bribery, and conspiracy charges. Oh, good. Like the mayor of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Ouch. Oh. Ouch. We were not going to bring that up, but good on you. <laughs> the New York Times writes, were they really discussing meatballs, or was meatballs a code word for something shady? That's that's crazy. Did you just you just memorize that title, didn't you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But and well, thank you out there. Maybe. Uh, maybe Bodie Miller from Easton, New Hampshire. Okay, what do you think? No. no. It's a yes. It's a yes. Although now, it said yes according to Wikipedia, but did they change the name of Easton? Isn't is, there an, is there an Easton, New Hampshire? It says he's from there. I knew of an Easton, Massachusetts. Mm, interesting. I don't know. These small maybe towns. Maybe oh, there might be another one that I didn't know of. They're yeah. just maybe six. Up. They're See, popping up. It is an educational show. It just show. became yeah. incorporated. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. It, is it's a yes. Is that the last one of the quiz? No, I got two more. You got two more. I know. It's really dragging on. Wow. Uh, Easton, Texas is where Billy Lynn was from in the 2016 mm-hmm. film Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, co-starring Kristen Stewart. Uh, I'm going to say Friday Night Lights is the answer to that question. No, I'm going to say no. Which he knows is a great show. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. If you like football. I'm going to say no. What do you think out there in the studio? The yeah. film it's... Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, mm-hmm. Easton, Texas, Easton, co-starring Texas. Kristen Stewart. Don't, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. What do you think? What do you think, Michelle? What do you think, Ben? Sure. Sure. Yes, Kirsten oh. Stewart was in that film. Perfect. What do you think, Sal? Yes, but it wasn't Easton, Texas. Uh, and it was not Easton, Texas. Uh, although yeah, she was yeah. in it. No uh, Easton, Texas. No. That's a big state to not have an Easton. Nope, Surprising. Don't. And there's a lot in the East is, there. Is Easton, New York, the home of the 2017 film Personal Shopper, starring Kristen Stewart? Huh. I promised you I'm on a Kristen Stewart kick. Kristen Stewart. There's too much Kristen Stewart. It was almost accidental. I didn't choose that I was only going to watch Kristen Stewart movies, but like four or five in a row. Yeah, but that's the Netflix uh, Plus thing. I was enchanted by the overlap it's with It's an Easton. algorithm. It's an algorithm. Um, I'm going to say no. There can't be that much Kristen Stewart, Easton Yeah, no, I'm just stuff. asking Kristen Stewart stuff. It's no. Don't, we don't it's have no. To do don't, that we one. don't have to do that. I have one. Let's one see. I just one. watched yeah. a movie with Richard Coleman. What movie? Is he, is he from Easton? I don't know. Easton, Pennsylvania. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Or you, oh, what are we supposed to answer? Uh, oh, he is Quizmaster. He is from Easton. Wow. Oh, geez. You, you turn, you turn the tables this, on. He us. was the um, the gay son on Dynasty. Oh, okay. You may remember it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm, didn't I'm watch Dynasty. Older, the Dynasty was a long time ago, but he lives he right here on College Hill. Oh. His father was a professor here at Lafayette. I didn't know that. Doctor Coleman. Yes. Doctor Coleman. Well, I'll do one more. Okay. And then up with the suffering will end. Yes. Uh, Easton, California, is where they make silly putty. Oh, Easton, Cal. I mean, I had, I, I've had so many eggs. Is of that silly true putty. or not? Easton, California, is where uh, they make silly putty. I'm gonna say yes. It is definitely. I'll go no. I like that one. I like it. Yes, yes, that's pretty good. Sal can tell us why that's no. Why is that false? They're made right here in Pennsylvania. It's owned and owned now by Crayola. Really? Crayola yep. makes them. Now, now, what? I was interested to learn that. Can Crayola I makes say, crayons and Silly Putty. I knew you would know that. <laughs> what lab accident happened to create Silly Putty? And what <laughs> were they trying to create instead? That's the question. Uh, uh, kids, kids these days are making slime uh, at home. Yeah. It's a, it's a big trend. Do kids use Silly Putty? I mean, Silly Putty is pretty amazing when you think of it. Make it into a ball, it bounces. You get the newspaper thing going on where you <laughs> peel it off. Yeah. You can't do that on an iPad. No. Um, I think Silly Putty is, is uh, maybe not the brand Silly Putty, but the item that Silly Putty is, is mm-hmm. now trending because it's a big uh, uh, ADD kind of a fidget spinner oh. uh, attention thing. So people, kids have a lot of these do you s- think, Silly Putty-like. Do you think they should make Serious Putty for adults? <laughs> Well, that's just something to think about. Something to think about. Do you? Okay. Well, I have a question, uh, <laughs> Sal, for you, besides a serious putty. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> you don't have to answer that question. Um, so this question I ask all our guests. Days of the week, what do you prefer, Friday or Sunday? Friday you know, I, I don't know what a weekend is. My job yeah, is seven days a week, yeah, so it's a little bit true. different for me. But that's I will true. tell you that Sundays are my favorite time to reflect on the next week. I always look at my calendar for the week, yeah. what's coming up, what's what nights I have meetings. And that's a good thing? Yeah. Okay, so for, so, for, so you like Sundays better than Fridays? Yes. Okay. He's got a follow-up. You got a follow-up. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on black licorice? Don't like it. Damn it. Oh, that doesn't work for us. Yeah, we usually, most we people that like Friday everybody. like black licorice. Oh, no, no, no. Most people that like Sunday like black licorice. No, you sure you like. don't like any black licorice? You sure no. you're not a Friday person? Yeah. No. We try to shoehorn all answers exactly. into our data set. No. You I, know what? You probably haven't had I'm, black licorice I'm, in a while. Just, just have that's some. That's probably, I, well, you know, your tastes do change. They I, do. I didn't like olives either. I love olives today. And <laughs> olives are black, so yeah, quid could pro be. quo. Could, that's not green olives. QED. Uh, yes. pro or pro. you could be Dan Quayle and be a quid pro pro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're I think I think we're good on this one. Um, and do we have other questions? I don't know. Did the interns have any questions? Did we leave anything behind? I think we're good. You didn't ask them. You don't get to. Decide oh, okay. If they had Sorry. Questions. Interns. I think I'm good. You think you're good, Ben? I think I I got my. Uh, yeah, that was good. Allentown. That was a nice one. All right. That was a nice one. Yeah. Um. So so um. If people write letters to you, will you call them? Yes. I well I I, I try to. I try to be a mayor that is in touch with. I go to everything. Sure. And I try See to. See down the farmers market. I yeah. try to. Re, I try to respond personally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just too busy and I can't. Quick story. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I had a lady come call me up, sent me a really nasty letter about a parking ticket she mm-hmm. got. Now <laughs> people, most of my nasty like people are upset about parking in this city. They're horrible. Wow. They are just. They're I, infatuated I with the negative. I got that app. Oh, I do and too. It's, it's great. I, I, I used to get well. tickets all the time and I pay them by check. Yeah. And I have the MS Mobile Now uh, the M- yeah, Mobile yeah. Now app. I love it because yeah. it tells me 15 minutes. I make a decision. Am I going to be out there in 15 minutes or should I put another half hour on it's great. it? great. But the she sent me this nasty letter about she parked in front of the one of the senior citizen high rises in downtown and got a ticket. Mm-hmm. And she made a mistake of putting her address in her phone number. Her address was Forks Township and I called her up. <laughs> I said, hello, mm-hmm. so-and-so, this is Sal Panto. She goes, who? Huh. I said, Sal Panto, you sent me a letter about your parking ticket. I wanted to call you about it. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you're the mayor. I said, yes, I am. I said, it was a very nasty letter. I said, let me tell you this. I said, well, why don't you do I'll, I'll solve all your problems. You go to your Forks Township Board of Supervisors, and you tell them to build a tax-exempt, government-subsidized senior high-rise where your mom can live for $110 a month, and then you won't have to pay your $10 ticket. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I said, yeah. I said, you know, you're paying $10 and your mom's living in an apartment for 110 mm-hmm. I said, you know, there's there's trade-offs. Well, I like the personal touch of calling back the constituents <laughs> that, that write letters. Usually a, a, a letter that comes to me personally is going to be addressed, answered personally. You don't see Del Blasio doing that, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we want to thank you so much for coming in and spending time and answering Ben's stupid quiz. Um, Thank you. You can. We're so supportive. Oh, I try. Um, do you have any 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 uh, things that you're uh, you want to promote at this point, or are you just going to be mayor for a little while? Well, I'm going to be mayor <laughs> for at least two years, hopefully go. six, but for two. Okay. And um, I, I hope in that two year time, I can prove to the public that we're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Great. That's the important. Uh, I thing. think I think that right. I think that'll work. Well, you can. You can listen to us. Uh, well, you're listening to us now. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at some later date. You can follow us on Facebook. 
Um, follow us on Spotify. Although we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you can email us if you've got any if you got any questions, comments, or complaints. I guess if you got complaints, email Sal. Oh, if you have questions or comments, uh, send us an email at variousbreadsandbutters at gmail dot com. Sal, thank you thank so you. much for being here. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank okay. you very much. Headphones off. Headphones off. Okay. Poi si schiarisce la voce e ricomincia il caso. Now that you're just back from Senegal. Yes. Things yeah, what, cl- what class was it? Um, so it was an interim trip and it was on uh, alternative modernities. It was basically on Senegal and Senegalese, like modern Senegalese society and religion and culture and gender. And there was a little bit of a language component. And who was teaching it? Um, Professor Wilson Fall mm-hmm. and Professor Lee, but Chris Lee, not Caroline Lee, I Got think it. is the other one. Yes, oh. she she is the other one, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is Chris Lee. Okay, so is, and so is Wendy Wilson Fall. I know. It's all all friends I here. Friends the show. Potentially even future guests. Oh, that's right. Sure. Um, and so so you enjoyed it? Yeah, I had an amazing time. Mm. What's the what's the uh, geography like? Like, what kind of environment is it? What's their main export? <laughs> um, they Co- used cobalt. to. They used to do a lot of peanut farming, but that the land no longer like a lot of the land uh, can't handle some of that because it's really resource intensive. Mm. The geography is it's right along the water, especially Dakar, which is where you're staying, is the like closest point on the African continent itself to uh, to the U.S. Okay, well let's dip into the mailbag. Let's dip into the mailbag. Okay, okay so lots of letters, but I'm gonna just pick two letters from this week. How did you choose? Uh, just uh, flip a coin. Okay. Um, okay, the first one is from Josh S. of New Jersey. Um, and he says, <laughs> Dear Ben, he doesn't, He doesn't. it's not both of us. Dear Ben, in episode 102, you identified Diane Shaw as the college, this is um, uh, with uh, Charlotte Nunes. Charlotte Nunes. Um, digitally Human. Digitally Human. This. So you identified Diane Shaw that as the a, college's. That was a, a widely heard episode, one of our. We were trending up recently. It was a great episode. She was a great guest. Uh, you identified Diane Shaw as a college's archivist. Elaine Stomber is now the college archivist. Diane is the director of special collections and college archives. I cannot c- recall when the change occurred, so it might have been after you recorded your episode. Well, part, you of, par- part of it is true, yes. Um, Elaine is the college archivist now. But unfortunately, he was incorrect. He said that Diane is the director of special collections and college archives. In fact, she is the director for special collections and college <laughs> archives. So I'm going to say that so in a way... So one letter off. Instead yeah, of O-F, it was F-O-F. I'm going to say, in a way, we're both right. So <laughs> I'm going to call that a draw. Our next letter... So you're, um, that was a t- you're basically making a typographical reply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still... still what's right is right. Well, audio is the prime medium for any uh, typographical replies. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for, for confirming that. Um, our other uh, letter comes from Alec, Alex H. of Easton, PA. You can uh, acknowledge Alex H. as a friend of the show, past guest. I, I, I don't know if she wants me to acknowledge. <laughs> She's just, disowned it. We want to... We wanna, <laughs> no, She's I'm just, trying to distance herself. I, I just want to keep this keep this anonymous. Oh, I was just thinking case. for her sake. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Alex H. Uh, the subject is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the show right. on Amazon Prime. The first two episodes that Simon talks about in episode 103 take place in 1958. And you so had this, said it was the early 60s. So I had said it was in the 1960s. And I, I recall just rolling with that because I hadn't seen the show. And and I, I will I will say this. I was rounding up in terms of decades. <laughs> and as we know, 1958 rounds up to 1960. And um, I think in that sense, 
I'm okay is in that, this. Is that standard podcast it's, protocol? It's just standard statistics, probably. Um, I, it, you know, I, honestly, I could have run, round up to the nearest millennium and just made it 2000s. How do you say 1958 in Roman numerals? M C M L V I I I. It's pretty good, right? You walked. I learned it. something in school. I learned something in school. But but thank you to um, Josh S and Alex H for your letters. Um, Sorry for the others who didn't get in, but we are. Yeah, well, they only give us so much time at the station. Exactly, and and uh, our mailbag is only so big. And I think that's it. We can you can yeah. pull up, fade that. out. I'm gonna fade out. Fade it out. Okay. Do the oh, fade out I'm I'm not fading it out. I'm gonna let that stand. Welcome uh, to Flavortown. You're Welcome. gonna have to manually fade yourselves out. Uh, yeah. Flavor. Okay. Goodbye from Yeah, let's yeah, I think I think we can just fade out just slowly. We know we're not being recorded. Well, you are being recorded. We're You're literally always being recorded. This oh, is just good. how it is.